Worshipful brethren, brethren all, welcome to Freemasonry in seven minutes or less. In this episode, we will be discussing the Jacobites. The term Jacobite was used to denote the supporters of a movement to restore King James VII of Scotland and II of England of the House of Stuart to the British throne. They were denoted Jacobites as James is a somewhat torturous derivative of the Hebrew name Yaakov, from where we also get the name Jacob. In an effort to understand the Jacobite movement, perhaps we should start with the etymology of the name James to see if it could shed any light on the matter. James, as we have mentioned, is a derivative of Yaakov, but is not a direct derivative. From the Hebrew Yaakov, the first derivative was the Greek Jacobus, as read in the Septuagint. And from this, when translated into the Vulgate Latin of Jerome, we get the second derivative of Jacobus. In late Latin, however, a slight change in spelling and pronunciation occurred, and the name started to be written as Jacobus or Jacobus. Early French adopted the Latin name and truncated it to Gemes or Jamez, and from there English took it to James. Yaakov was the name of the Hebrew biblical patriarch Jacob, Jacob, who later changed his name to Israel. Yaakov comes from either the Hebrew root kub, meaning to follow, to be behind, but also to supplant and circumvent or assail, or from the word heel, akeb. In the narrative of Genesis, it refers to the circumstances of Jacob's birth when he held on to the heel of his older twin brother Esau in the womb. In Genesis 25, 26, we read, After this, his brother came out with his hand grasping, grasping Esau's heel, so he was named Jacob. As we can see from this etymology, the name James is a befitting one for such a king. So, Brother Earnshaw, as the last battle against the Jacobites was fought in Preston in 1715, and the influence of such an event upon Freemasonry would have been rather strong, what more can you tell us about the Jacobites? Firstly, there were in total 10 attempts at the throne. Uh, there were seven attempts where the uh, Jacobites raised an army and tried to come into um, England and forcibly take the throne. And there were three more um, plots against the king related to the Jacobites. So the first um, started in 1689. Um, the Glorious Revolution uh, was in 1688 when King William III was invited to England and uh, James II's position was untenable, so he escaped to France. And of course, he was Catholic, and his cousin was the uh, Catholic King of France, Louis XIV. So he was warmly uh, welcomed in France. So the year after he escaped, um, uh, there was the uh, Williamite Wars in Ireland. And uh, then rebellion started in Scotland, uh, mainly in the Highlands, and it continued for another three years, ending in the famous glass, uh, massacre of Glencoe. So um, the, the Jacobites were subdued, but only for a few years, um, because in 1708, um, then um, some uh, 
troops coming from France uh, brought some uh, a private group, what they call privateers, and um, they tried to disembark the troops. But uh, luckily, the British Navy was there uh, in number and um, forced them back. And then in 1715, uh, the Scottish Earl of Mar raised a, a Jacobite army. He was trying to, ta- uh, to capture Stirling Castle. And um, uh, um, he uh, tried to, let's see, um, take, again, bring this, the army from Scotland down into England. He only got as far as Preston. And then um, in 1716, the rebellion was over. Uh, Masons should know this because in the uh, Constitutions of Freemasonry of 1723, it actually talks about this event and the um, excitement and I suppose also uh, trepidity that was in London at the time. So 1717, the Grand Lodge, uh, Premier Grand Lodge was established. Two years later, um, there was a, another attempt by the um, Jacobites, this time with Spanish troops. The thing about the Jacobites is that being Catholic, they were able to raise armies in France, Spain, or Ireland, being Catholic countries. Um, and uh, uh, they, the Spanish uh, and Jacobite um, army landed a ship in Stornoway. And, um, because of the the bad weather and also the the British Navy again turning up, um, they were routed and the the rebellion ended with defeat again at the Battle of Glenshield in the west of Scotland. Again, 1721, we have the Atterbury plot uh, where the Bishop of Rochester. Uh, aimed to restore the House of Stuart. And uh, this was foiled. And um, uh, 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 there were several um, members of the aristocracy involved in this, but um, um, they were were rounded up and charged with treason. Um, In 1744, there was another plan uh, to invade England, this time from France, with the Jacobites. And, uh, in fact, they didn't get to leave port. They had ships loaded with men, etc., but bad weather um, forced the ships back into port. So these next uh, years, 1745, uh, which is known as the 45 Rebellion, um, the uh, the Jacobites again tried to take the the throne of Britain, um, but they were unable to. Uh, it resulted in the Battle of Culloden, another famous battle, and um, he, again this time Charles Edward Stuart, the the old pretender, uh, he escaped to England. There was another attempt on uh, George II's life. And then the the last attempt by uh, uh, of, of attempted invasion this time was with French forces, and uh, they tried to 
Um, they planned to land with 100,000 soldiers in France, but it was just a, turned out to be a complete fiasco and a failure. Um, the, Charles Stuart, um, uh, Bonnie Prince Charlie, um, uh, turned up. He was actually drunk. Um, he refused to cooperate, and um, nothing ever happened of it. So when the British authorities saw that Catholic Scots and Irish were meeting secretly in London uh, and as a group called the Grand Lodge of the Ancients, they were obviously very suspicious given all this, this, um, uh, these plots and attacks by the Jacobites. And it also must be remembered that the Grand Master of the Ancients, uh, the Dukes of Athol, um, they, their father had been implicated in the 45, the 1745 uprising, and he'd been stripped of his title and his lands, so he had no money. And so um, the Grand Masters were also trying to, I believe, promote Jacobi Jacobitism among the ancients. So we have a disgrace, disgraced Grand Master of the Ancients and a lot of suspicious-looking members who are Catholics and laborers. Whereas on the Premier Grand Lodge, the moderns, uh, consisted mainly initially of aristocrats and nobility. And this is why they looked down on the ancients. The ancients copied uh, much of the... Uh, Grand Lodge of the Moderns, what they call the modern, the Grand Lodge of England's ritual, but they changed the um, the the passwords to Jacobite passwords. Um, but then uh, later in the seventeen, at the end of the eighteenth century, 1797, 1799, uh, the unlawful uh, unlawful oaths act and the unlawful societies act was introduced, and it was obvious that Freemasons, and especially the ancients, were under threat. So this was, was the background to the Articles of Union of 1813. Uh, James Stuart, the old pretender, had died in 1766, and so had his son, Bonnie Prince Charlie, in 1788. And Lawrence Dermot, who was the driving force of the ancients, he died in 1791. After that, the Jacobite cause collapsed. Um, so then the Pope recognized the Hanoverians as being the legitimate rulers of England, and all the Catholics in England had to accept the new situation. So it was a pretty dire hundred years of confrontation, I would say. <laughs> That's quite a long time to um to have a dispute going, but I tell you what, the, the throne of England was was hotly contested from multiple multiple continents at the time. I mean, that's a that's a that's a pretty serious ongoing conflict that would have had well, massive massive questions for it. So, Pete Masons forget that um, England was a Protestant country surrounded by Catholics, and they wanted Absolutely. to bring they wanted to bring the the, the Britain England not Britain, but England, back into the Catholic fold. Um, uh, <clears throat> um, Henry VIII had 
changed England from being a Catholic country to Protestantism mm -hmm. in 1543. So that's um, 200 years before the Jacobite issues were starting to raise. So 200 years, the, um, Elizabeth and um, ostensibly the, the, the Tudor kings, but mainly the parliament, were trying to protect Protestantism. And uh, this is a major theme, I believe, in Freemasonry. Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's, well, that's going to send me down a few rabbit holes this evening, that's for sure. <laughs> It'll be out tonight. But yeah, it's, the more you look into Jacobitism, the more the, you see that it's, it's very much operating behind the scenes. It's, a, it's a, something that's operating from the shadows at yes. that sort of time. So many people think, many people believe that um, the, the, the issue between the ancients and the moderns was to do with the Whigs and the Tories, but that's mm -hmm. not exactly true. I think it's more to do with the Hanoverian, Protestant Hanoverians, who had actually been invited to rule by Parliament. They were invited to rule England, and we had a couple of hundred years of stable rule, right up to uh, Queen Victoria. And then following that, the House of Windsor, um, so, you know, uh, the situation could have been very different if if the uh, the ancients had proliferated and taken over the Grand Lodge of England and whatever they wanted to do. But it could have <laughs> life could have been very different. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, that certainly gave me something to think about. And on that bombshell. <laughs> I think we'll call it a day. Goodness me. Well, thank you for that. And uh, we now part on the square, and we will meet soon. Thank you, and goodbye. Goodbye.